Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. feel very lucky to be part of this ride because, like I said, it's one of the funniest things I've been part of. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, I'm so proud of you, kid, as always. Thank you. Yeah, you're figure. my biggest win. You're my, you're my, <laughs> you're my poker bracelet. You're, you're. I wish I could wear you on my wrist. Welcome to the Shit They Do Not Tell You About podcast. Hello, welcome back to Shit They Don't Tell You. And today is indeed a very special episode. I'm your host, Nikki Limo. We, hello, Iceman. Um, we have with us today, also Crypto King, also we have with us today, the fourth place winner of the, uh, what, what event? Of the WSOP $600 Deep Stack event. $600 Deep Stack event from the World Series of Poker. Event number 11. It was a bracelet event. So if she won... So she's she's three away. If she had won and mm-hmm. gotten the bracelet, she's in the Hall of Fame of Poker. Who is this special guest? Oh, Stop. it's you. I'm sorry. Oh, it's you. Oh, hi. Sorry, nobody's calling in. Yeah, it me. It's Nikki. Hello. So this has been uh, probably one of the funnier things that I've been involved with in my life mm-hmm. because everyone who doesn't really know Nikki that well, and all I mean by that is like they know Nikki socially, they know Nikki. Right, but I know Nikki like I'm on the inside of the house, dude. <laughs> Did I spread my lipstick all up my nose? No, you're good. Okay, cool. Continue. I know Nikki because I'm, I'm on the inside of the house. Mm-hmm. I live with her every day. I experience whatever the fuck she's doing every day. Watching you become like a poker icon has been <laughs> one of the funnier things of my life. Yeah, I don't quite, I don't quite think of myself as a poker icon, but that's really funny. I know you don't, yeah. but I'm just talking. I'm honestly just saying what I've heard other people say about you since this has happened. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even trying to gas you up. It's just funny to me that like you have inspired a bunch of women, especially to like want to play poker because they thought that they couldn't before. There was some kind of that's true. Yeah. There there have been a lot of um, especially women uh, directly. Some guys too, but like 
a lot of women who just weren't even interested in the game before, which is cool. Yeah, so we're gonna, you know, so so that aside, right? Mm -hmm. I just want to really establish too, like qualify you. Yeah, she beat out fifty seven hundred people to get to make it to top four. That's five thousand seven hundred fifteen. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's, that's not a lot easy of to do. There were a lot of bracelet winners playing too, like multiple yeah. bracelet winners. Oh, and coaches, coaches, people who teach the game. Yeah. You know, it's and that. A lot by of the way, there's a lot of variants in the game, of course. A ton of variants. But the fact that you, this is your first World Series of Poker game that you played. Yeah. And that you final tabled and you placed fourth is wild. It has for you know, a six figure win. To speak for you, the poker community is talking about Nikki right now, which is fucking hysterical. Well what is funny is that we always say to choose the funniest option. Like always. even if it's at our, our, it's our philosophy. even if it's at our detriment, yes. it's still the funniest choice has to win. I have to. And so uh before this particular tournament, I remember going to you and I was kind of scared because there's a lot of variants in tournament like like uh, Steve said and I had previously three weeks before won my first um, five figure win yes. which was uh, I got second place in a hundred dollar buy-in tournament at MGM Grand and that was really fun especially since I Out was of how many people I was 550 people yeah. so that was the biggest live second place that I had yeah played before and um, that one was special because I was in first when we were going to vote on a chop. And I don't know, there's some chopping drama that happened. But anyway, yeah. I ended People up being second. don't know what second. that is. It yeah. means split the pot. But yeah. Yeah. At, well, no, split the the winnings. And yeah. there's ICM. It's, it's the whole thing. But yeah. The idea is split um, the winnings up. Yeah. Even, evenly. More evenly yeah. than it would be yeah. if you continued to play yeah. towards a winner. Uh, that way, everyone was guaranteed a five-figure win. There were four left when we decided to chop. But um, anyway, I'm here to translate for you, the people. By the way, I had won that one. <laughs> yeah, and then I had lost the next three in the most infuriating way, where I, I was on the bubble, which means like you're a few people away from making any sort of profit in the mm -hmm. tournament. It takes hours to get to this bubble. How many hours? Period. So like. I always late reg, so it took me like three hours. But you know, since the beginning of the tournament, it's like six hours. So, <coughs> so people have been playing for six hours, getting down to the bubble of when you actually will profit or make any sort of money off of this, um, off of this tournament. And I, I busted like two away from the money three times in a row. Yeah. So I was getting very, like down on myself even though a lot has to do with variance you just start you do start to question you're like eh, do i really know how to play was so it just luck? To me. you know i had only played uh i've only so far played 20 live tournaments in my life and i final tabled five of them one two of them final tabled five of them which is a that's a 25 percent in the money range which is uh which is a really good statistic but you still I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I have I struggle with imposter syndrome. I still was like, I don't know if I know how to play, and I don't know if I'm just gonna set six hundred dollars on fire today. But I did just win five figures, so I planned on playing these little small buy-ins at WSOP. Ability to do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I had I had said, you know what? I'm I'm saving three grand of this to just enter these little side events at the WSOP just for funsies like to say that I played at the WSOP and that was the whole reason I decided to study tournaments in the first place was just because I I was a cash games player before and I had 
didn't really understand tournament strategy, but I was like, you know what? It's an opportunity to learn. So this year I was like, I just want to learn enough tournament strategy to be confident to play a side event game at the WSOP. Like one of the little small buy-ins, like I'm talking under $1,000. 600 was so far the biggest buy-in that I had done. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I was getting really um, sad, but I was still going to do it. And I went to Steve and I was like, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. And Steve's like, okay, just think about how funny it would be if you went all the way to the final table in this huge field and people started to know you from poker and not from YouTube. And I thought that was verbatim. That was all. I thought that was hilarious. Yes. And I was like, that would be so fun. I, I can't imagine that, but also that would be the funniest option. So it has to happen. Exactly. And I didn't play being like, I got to make it to final table. I just played my game, but it relaxed me enough to be able to be present in playing and just like, Having fun. I don't win if I'm not having fun. Dude, anytime that you and I both in any anything take ourselves too seriously, yeah. it's a disaster. It's a recipe it's for a disaster. disaster. Like making, injecting the fun back into it yeah. and keeping it there. You have to have fun. It's everything. It's everything. Absolutely. So yeah. Um, okay. So let's rewind uh, a lot, right? Not mm -hmm. now, you know, not to brag again for you, but for most people, you'd have to rewind quite a bit because Nikki made it to the World Series of Poker and fucking plays fourth which is crazy, okay, out of 5,715 people. But for, for Nikki, we're gonna have to just rewind a year because that's about as long as she's been playing poker, like, seriously. Seriously. Which is hilarious. I've been playing Again. poker since I was a kid, but seriously, yeah. It's like, a totally different game. Yeah, totally different. Totally different game, you're playing pros, you're not playing, like, not going in a backyard. For a weekend in Vegas, right. or, yeah. Like, your grandma's not like, Hey, Nikki, like, you want some Potato food salad. right now? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, it, like, nothing's being interrupted. You are in an environment where if somebody was to interrupt, they get thrown up by security. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I mean? It's just a different thing. Yeah. Um, I actually got penalized at a point in the tournament because I went to the bathroom too much. Yeah. See, there you go. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. So, yeah. So, we're, we're going back a year. This is, um, I remember specifically taking you to the commerce casino you asked me to accompany you obviously yes. that was an easy yes because you know if you walk out of the commerce with money and you go to the parking lot it could be scary because it's la and there's like broken parking lights and shit out there yeah i actually know several people or have met several people that have gotten robbed at gunpoint at the commerce so. exactly so it's and there's a vibe at the commerce especially as the night sets in, i love right? that place i do too <laughs> i actually do too and i know so seedy it's really seedy it's it's a it's like a dive bar but it's a casino and it's Honestly, by the way, the bar staff is fucking hilarious too. I love those people. They're uh -huh. great. I know like I know them by name now because I was accompanying you so much to this place. Yeah. But yeah, so um we're we're going down there and you're very, very, very intimidated because you're playing like yeah. locals. And like these locals play the game for real and like, this is what job. they do as a job. Yeah. And it was my first time really playing a cash game against people I don't know. Yes. And even registering. I remember we got your, the cards together at the yeah. commerce. You know, <laughs> the players, like, club. players club Because you have to get a players club to, to play. play. Yeah. So yeah, I remember doing that and then we got you in there. And like I said, this is like a year ago. This mm -hmm. is like what, 12, 13 months ago? Yeah. Max. So yeah. Um, and then you sit down and then tell me how that goes for you. Um, I 
was practicing on a play money app all the, the whole drive there mm-hmm. um just to get in and the you've been doing this during zone. covid yeah i actually studied for like four or five months without spending any money like like studying gto and reading a lot of books and playing with a simulation simulator what's gto um game theory optimization it's like the the, like it trains you to make the like they've they studied this game long enough that computers have found like the most statistically profitable ways to play the game like what moves are they're called EV plus like um, ex- your positive expected value and which aren't which makes poker profitable in the long run if you're continuously making EV plus decisions and that is variance involved yeah and that is what interested me because it's it's th- what sets it apart from all other types of gambling, which it's kind of tilting that they put poker in like in the umbrella of of all the gambling, like slot penny slot yeah, machines. Yeah, yeah. Everything's in the same gambling Roulette. category. <laughs> yeah, when co- poker is actually a more complex game than chess, it has not been solved. Like chess has been solved. Um, yeah, you're talking about Deep Blue, the um, yeah. IBM AI that there was able to beat. There is a perfect way to play chess. Yeah, they were able to beat Gary Kasparov, who was the greatest. Computers chess can beat champion. humans at chess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they have not been able to solve No Limit Texas Hold'em. I think they've been able to solve Limit Texas Hold'em, but they have not been able. Computers cannot beat every human at No Limit Texas Hold'em because there's so much variance. There's so much variance. There's and there's the human element of like a computer can't understand why someone would go all in on a certain the computer doesn't understand Steve Green theory. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or so, EV negative decisions. <laughs> so it, all it can do is tell you the most profitable ways to play. But that's what interested me is that how can there be a gambling game where people have made an entire profession out of it? And consistently consistently been profitable. Why is it always the same people going to final table at these big tournaments when there's so much variance? Why do we keep saying the same names over and over again? That really interested me because in my head, I well, I one, I love poker. I love a a challenge. I love games. I love puzzles. I love that this game is all about psychology and math. It combines like everything I love about every game ever. And there's a way that you can study enough to be profitable in the long run. And I I just thought, you know, if other people in the world can do that and I feel like I'm pretty strong in those categories of study, that I think I could do that too. And bef- previously, I had won several tournaments at like home games, like our fantasy football league and stuff. You those guys. Pure intuition. <laughs> I didn't know GTO. I just was going off of my gut instinct, yeah. how I read people and like, you know, having decent cards. like. You know, back then I probably thought like King Five Offsuit was an okay hand, but I still played, you know, played the player and was able to read people. And I think that gave me a little bit of an edge in the study, too. You're also extremely competitive. Extremely. Uh, you think? A little bit, just a little bit. A little bit. I mean, we both are, but like it's been entertaining to see you take that into a productive place because, you know, you're on JK Party. And then people are giving you hell because you're so fucking competitive. And everyone's yeah. like, can she just fucking chill and play a game? Yeah. And I'm like, no, she can't actually. She has to win. Actually, one year, we, uh, <laughs> me and my best friend played mini golf. And I was so fucking mad that we were playing in a group of three. And the other two people were beating me by so much that I threw my ball in the lake. And she um, saved the golf score and made a Christmas ornament. Out of that's hilarious. <laughs> and that's, what, that's how I pick my friends. I love it. But that, that's but that's what I'm saying, yeah, right? Yeah, I was so mad. The competitive spirit that you have, 
you found a place where you can use all of it and and it's super entertaining <laughs> it's rewarding. and rewarding and you can make money from it yes yeah so i go to, so i was studying for like four or five months yeah. like playing on simulations COVID. play yeah it was like a kind of a my go-to to de-stress if mm -hmm. that makes any sense my therapist thought that was weird because it's actually a really stressful game but it's less stressful than what was going on in my life Fair. so and it took up all of my attention, which I could just pass hours and hours of time and get sucked into like how to get better at this game. And so we're driving to Congress and it's the first time that I'm actually going to play real people with real money in a real game where no one knows who I am. And it's, it's very intimidating. Um, but I just told myself to pretend that I'm playing the simulation, fold the hands that I would normally fold, you know, do the game the way I would normally do it in the in the simulation and see what happens. Yep. And I had to adjust really quickly because uh, in the simulations, every time in the simulations when you're practicing, it gets to heads up, which is the most ideal way to play poker. You would like to raise enough preflop to isolate it down to just one, maybe two other players when you have the best hand. Otherwise, just any two live cards can suck out on you. So suck I, out means what? Means like they played a worse hand than you, and they got really lucky on because of the river, yeah, yeah, or the or the turn or whatever. Yeah. Or like anyway, they could like suck out with like uh, they could have it's seven deuce, and there's a, there's three two sevens on the board, you know, like something like that. So the you're seven deuce, seven two. Okay, perfect. There Fucking you go. poker asshole. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm not I'm, even trying. I know you're not, but I'm just saying like this is yeah. this is part of your vernacular now. I'm just trying to help translate it to people who are listening. Most people know a deuce is a two, right? No, no, no. no? But but the way that you put it, it's okay. like seven deuce. It could be like sometimes we'll get there. Trust me, you're gonna okay. say a lot of stuff. But it's like sorry. when I'm hanging out with my brothers who are in the military, and I'm like, yo, guys, what the fuck? This are you is talking like you about? talking about crypto. Honestly, I get it. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I understand. Yeah. So um yeah what I what I learned is at the commerce casino. Everybody likes to play every hand. So yeah. you raise a, a, the correct amount, which is way too small for the Commerce Casino, uh, and everybody will call. If people limp and you raise them, they will still call. You cannot... It's very hard to isolate people unless you raise large, and they have a really small uh, cap to their buy-in. So, and this is just cash games, by the way. Yeah, this is just cash Not games. Not tournament style. No, no, just cash. Yeah. I started off just yeah. cash, and... Um, you can only buy in for $200 at the 3-5 game. And yes, I started at 3-5. I didn't know that I should start at a smaller stakes. I just had been playing 3-5 on the simulation, and I had been watching vloggers play 2-5. So those were the stakes that I thought were normal. Mm -hmm. So that's why I started there. Um, yeah, and anyway, these guys are like regular. Like they they make their living off of grinding poker. And... Um, I sat there for, what was, would you say like three or four hours? Four hours, definitely. Maybe four hours. Yeah. Oh, by the way, my outfit, I was wearing like a skin tight tank top in tiny white shorts yeah. because we had just come from your family. It was like. Yeah. We drove up from San Diego. I didn't think about it. She likes to dress sexy for my family. I was, <laughs> well, it wasn't like sexy. It was <laughs> covering, but it was like definitely very risque for a poker room. Yeah, for sure. Um. I definitely felt a lot of people looking at me. They uh, were. I was walking there through there with you. It was hilarious. That was also intimidating. There's a lot of faces and masks and eyes just going like. Oh yeah, because you have to wear you had to wear masks <laughs> yeah, back then. Yeah. yeah. And um, I went and sat down with two hundred dollars, and 
I walked away with two hundred and sixty dollars. Yeah. So I made a sixty dollar profit. That's right. Which I felt very accomplished by. Absolutely. I was I was like, hey, I went in there looking to play my best game and I think I did that. Mm-hmm. I played to the best you of were my stoked. abilities. I was very you, stoked. You came and you like smacked me on the back. I was sitting at the bar and you're like, Yes. This guy shoved on me when I flopped the nut flush. Excuse me, what the fuck is that? Does that Sorry. Mean? I had Ace King suited. Okay. Diamonds. What is the nut? What does that mean? That means like the top of the top flush. So I had the Ace of okay. Diamonds okay. and the King of Diamonds. Okay. So I had Ace. So what the what the board is showing you, you had the best possible pair for that. Yes. Okay. I had the best possible the two nut. cards. That's the nuts. It wasn't a pair. It was a flush. Okay. Which is way better than a pair. Okay. So I had Ace King suited, but like I said, everyone likes to play every hand. And um, a guy called me from the blinds, which is the blinds is it's like the person that has to put money in. Like, so it's you get kind of like a discounted rate to call because you already have money in the pot. Um, So you can play with worse hands anyway. So the flop comes all diamonds. I have ace king of diamonds and I check or no, Mm. he's in the blinds. So he checks to me. So I bet the fact that you remember this hand from a year plus ago is why people underestimate you. So yeah, I, because it was an exciting day. I know. Um, So, so he checks to me, I check it back because I have the best possible hand. So I don't want him to know, like, I don't want to play my cards face up. I want to look scared. Like I don't like this, but not too scared. That looks like I'm Hollywooding it. So I checked it back. Like I took a second and then I checked it back. And then he shoves all in on the turn. So I snap called. I, at this point, I didn't really know the rules either. I had more money in my pocket. And I was asking if I could put more money out. They're oh like, my no, God. no, 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 you can't do that. That's hilarious. I was like, but I have more. I have more I money. I have more. Just so everybody knows. Because <laughs> he, he had more money chips than me. So I thought that if he made an all in move, I had to match that. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah and so I was, would think that. But you don't. Okay. Um. So anyway, yeah, I got his money. I I got his all of his, all of his monies. That's really nice. And it was really, it felt. So you really were down good. significantly then. No, I wasn't down significantly. Oh, well, because you said you put down two hundred, you walked away from two sixty five. Yeah. So. so oh, oh right, yeah. yeah I had down. gone, I had gone up and down. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah, true. That's yeah, right. I had gone yeah, up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense because there's variance in the game. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, when you walked away, you were very, very thrilled. And then that sort of began what I can only call a love affair. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you 
I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. It was fascinating to watch you just get super interested in the game, like Mm -hmm. super, like, again, and you know, people, you know, look, until she stacked this win, you could argue it's like Nikki's just a gambler and all shit. That's not what was going on. Nikki was like super um, obsessed with the game and studious. Yeah, yeah. And just careful about everything you were doing. It's kind of like what people try to say about me with poker or with crypto. It's like, oh, you're just a degenerate gambler. It's like, dude, I'm very careful about my shit. I've only ever yeah. tried to do things carefully by managing risk. Always. I was actually probably too careful in the beginning. I was really exploitable because I was very tight. Yeah, and, and other uh, players can, can seize on that, yeah, right? Yeah, so they were three-betting me every pre-flop. Like, well, three-betting means they, they raised me like I open, and then every single time someone's going to raise me. And that happens sometimes because you're a chick, too. Sure, yeah. And I was folding, like, most of the time, so it was very profitable for them to do yeah, that. And that's yeah. why it's exploitative. They could basically raise me with any two cards, and I'd probably fold unless I have the top 5% of hands. And in that case, they know that I have those hands, so they're going to play way, way more slow on the on the flop yes and so i had to learn really quickly about exploitable my exploits my leaks mm-hmm. the things that i was doing um i didn't know about certain strategies that were common like c betting a c betting is a standard bet that you make after the flop comes if you were the opening if you opened the pre-flop if you were the first person to put a bet in and someone called you no matter what flop comes out, as long as it's not like all diamonds, like that one flop, but like usually you make a small C bet to basically say my hand is still strong. Okay. And like that's pretty What's standard. What's the C behind it? It's like yo, continuation, C? continuation, oh, continuation bet. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> continuation like, bet. Hey, C, I got yeah. this shit. Yeah, I mean, and, and the game changes all the time. So like, I guess years ago people weren't really C betting, and so then C betting was really pop popular because people they thought like oh they would only bet if they have it so they were folding a lot and you get a lot of fold equity for that and then uh later everyone caught it kind of caught on that people were just c-betting every flop so then everybody was calling every flop and c-betting every flop and then people started learning about board textures and what boards are better to c-bet and what aren't so well that's math to everybody else including myself yeah um, like I said, and I've said this many times before, I don't really understand the game of poker. I only understand what you've taught me about the game of poker. And there's so much to learn all the time. So I understand more of the terminology that you have going on under, under the hood. But as far as the game itself, if I'm playing, yeah, I don't fucking know what's going on. I think on. it's so funny when you play. Because people always ask me, like, does your husband play? And I'm like, I've tried to teach him. Bro, but, I don't uh, know the fucking game. Yeah. I'm just not that interested. Yeah, no, you're not interested. And that's fair. Yeah. But, I, but I'm interested in when you play it and yeah. when you tell me about it. But the idea of me sitting down and playing it, 
I, unless I have some kind of advantage on the game, I don't want to play it. Absolutely. And, and you shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to play a game where I felt like I didn't have it. I'm not out there playing football. Exactly. You know, because I know I would, probably would not excel at it. Well, I'm dressed like I should know how to excel at it, but I probably, but I definitely can't. So there you go. You're also dressed like you know how to excel at eating wings at Hooters. Thank you. You're welcome. That's some kind of where I'm going for. Yeah, you're getting that to be that age. Yeah, so I think so. I think <laughs> I should have some moist towelettes and a fanny pack. Hey, what's wrong with fa- fanny packs? I know. Um, okay, so now we're going to fast forward a little bit. So so you've been playing at the Commerce. We ended up going to... Um, I gave myself a $1,000 budget, by the way. Because like, yes. people are like, how much money have you lost, though? Actually, none. Yeah, none. Um, I gave myself a $1,000 budget in the beginning, and I told myself... Hey, if you're playing well, I'll give you five hundred dollars extra a month. Like if you but if you go through this thousand dollars, you're not allowed to play again until next month, and I'll give you five hundred. Like that's what I'm telling myself, and it never went below a thousand. I've never added to that thousand. This is me and Nikki's philosophy too. Like it's funny because like again, people think that like we put shit tons of money into crypto, same shit. Mm-hmm. But it's like no, we. It's like if you're good at it, you it'll pay off. Like, it'll pay for itself. Why yeah. do you need to put a fuck ton of money into it? Like if you're so good at it. Yeah. That's the thing. Like if like sometimes I'd skim from the profits and buy a poker book because I feel mm-hmm. like that's reinvesting. Yeah. And I buy it and I learn more strategies. I'd apply those strategies. I'd profit more. I'd say it paid off. I, um, when I learned tournament strategy, I waited until I won my first online tournament. I won for $1,200. And then I used that to pay for poker coaching mm-hmm. for tournament strategies. And then I won the very next tournament after I hired the, my coach for uh, 2500 and so it immediately paid for itself. Yep. And and I I just view any new endeavor like that. We both do. Yeah. There's and by the way, there was no conversation ever where it's we like a, I have a bankroll tracker too. Yep. But there was no conversation ever where it's like, should I do this? Yeah. And I'm ever like, no. It was just very much like, yo, let's fucking go. Good for you. Go win. I believe in you. And if I'm sinking money every single month, I'm not gonna keep wanting to play either. So it yeah. doesn't I just wa- I kind of just wanted to see where it would go, and yeah. I so I gave myself this thousand dollar budget, and I was like, wouldn't it be dope if I made ten thousand dollars by next year? You know, it's slightly less than a thousand dollars a month. Like I think that's very reasonable, doable. You ended up doing that nine days before you hit the six figs. I did, yeah. I know. I I hit twelve twelve G's in April. Um. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah. That, yeah, that was like late April. Mm. Yeah, early April. Early yeah. April. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But awesome. But yeah. yeah. Um okay, so so now, you know, we go to this poker thing at the Ace. At the Ace. At the Ace. Bicycle? No. No, at the Ace Hotel. There's no Ace Hotel. Or what the hell is it called? The Hustler? The Hustler. Okay. The Hustler. We yeah. go to this thing with the Hustler and Brad Owens there. He's like a poker vlogger. Mm. Okay, so yeah, I was watching a lot of poker vloggers, um, especially Brad Owen and Mariano, on my treadmill every day. So I had my treadmill because in L.A. it was a pandemic and also it just wasn't nice walking around our neighborhood anymore. It was in in combination with the weather and the crime rate. I just didn't feel like walking around our neighborhood anymore. So I'm on my treadmill and I have a TV set up and I'm watching um, vloggers every time. And it's, it's a great it's a great thing to watch when you're on a treadmill because it's almost exactly 30 minute videos. So it's the perfect amount of time to walk. And uh, I had been watching Brad and he was like, I'm doing a meetup in LA. And I'm like, oh, I'm in LA. Let's yep. fucking do it. You know, instead of going to commerce, let's go to the hustle, Hustler this time. And so, yeah, we went to the Hustler. Not to brag, but I did show Nikki Brad Owen before. You did. She started to take poker a little more seriously. 
But yeah, um, because I, I remember watching his stuff and just when you hear somebody who's passionate about something, talking about something you don't mm -hmm. even understand, it's still interesting to yeah. me. I always have enjoyed that like as just a watcher of many things. And I had just been learning all of the positions, the terms, like all the stuff when it, when you introduced, introduced me to yes. those videos. So yeah. hearing him, you know, run through the hands and like, it got me very used to the language that everyone uses. It's not even, sometimes people are like, you're using the language like you want to like impress. And like, yeah. no, 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 that's really how people talk. That's how they communicate. It's yeah. just really, it's easier to describe hands that way. It's just easier to go through hand histories yeah. with other people that play. It's a shorthand. It's shorthand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people don't know that. And it makes a difference too. Yeah. When I say I raise from under the gun, it makes a way bigger difference than if I raise from the button. That's that's a huge difference. Right. So if I'm explaining a hand to somebody and I say I opened um, Jack Ten, you know, if I like, that's a terrible hand to open from under the gun, but it's a great hand to open from the button. Explain under the gun. Under the gun is the first uh, person to act when you're starting a hand. So like all the cards get dealt and the first person to decide whether or not they want to put money in the middle of the pot after the blinds, because those people have to, um, is under the gun. So your range for the cards that you are you should be playing from that position should be like the top, top percent of hands. Okay. Like the very, very top. Because- Otherwise you fold. Yeah, otherwise you fold. Okay. Because you don't, there's so many people left to act behind you that if you try to open with a, a mediocre hand, you're mm. probably going to get crushed. Yeah, you better wreck it. You better yeah, bring there, it. I mean, there's someone that's going to wake up with a hand after you. There's just a bigger chance of that happening. Um, there's a, a way bigger chance of you not having the best hand. Okay. Um, so you want your your range to be really tight from out of the gun. Whereas by the time it gets down to the button, the button is like the last person before the people who already have money in the middle, those are the blinds. Um, the button can open with a wider range of hands because there's only two more people left to act. And do you want to play a hand? Makes sense. Or they fold and you get the, the money that they already put in the middle. So we go there and it was pretty, it was cool. Everyone was really cool. Everyone was cool. Yeah. Um, Brad's cool. And then um, also, what's his name? Um, Andrew Neamey. Escapes me. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. I just saw him like last week. Sorry, I love Andrew. Andrew. He's the best. Um, but yeah, so he was there and I don't know. It was really cool to see you kind of the your first touch with being embraced by a greater poker community. Yeah. And so seeing it was very early YouTube feeling like cuz we both came up in early YouTube when like everyone was just like barely making money off it of it. It feels exactly like early YouTube. Yeah, and it was cool to see that. Yeah. In on the inside. Um, and it felt very much like that because everyone's gathering together at, a, at an event. Yeah. And, and most people who are at this casino or at the Hustler, yeah. they're just like, what the fuck is all, all these assholes doing with cameras out? Yeah. You know what I mean? It <laughs> yeah. felt like early YouTube in that same way. Yep. It's like there's a reason why. It's like, oh, I also, this was the first YouTuber meetup I went to where I wasn't part, part of, of the it. meetup. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Same. Um, which was cool. It was really cool. It was very, it was, um, it was really interesting for me. Um, to see all that. I got wasted. I was so intimidated. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't that bad. Um, but yeah. Um, so it was cool. They were really cool. So they that were was really like, cool. That was the first touch. And then like, you know, Brad's telling us to move to Vegas and shit. And, you know, this is when we were, we had already been considering it for a while. Yeah. But, you know, we were, we were We'd already been house hunting. We were definitely house hunting already. But it was just another like yeah. reminder of like, hey, dude, there's even more like grass on the other, you know, on yeah, the, the other, other side. side. So, yeah, then we, um, you know, I really guess just after that, I have to fast forward to we moved to Vegas mm -hmm. and you kind of start to go play. 
like or well hell before we moved to vegas oh the app the app yeah, yeah you get it you well, so our real estate agent so we're looking for a house in yeah. vegas right so i call our realtor in la and i'm asking him about how much he thinks we could sell our condo for and like you know what that kind of looks like we had never sold a house before and so um i wanted him to walk me through it he comes over with his whole game plan of like selling the house and Oh, the first time we had gone to Commerce, we ran into him there. Yes, we saw him there. I forgot that part. And so, he, had, he had helped us buy our house. Yeah, he he helped us buy our house back in 2018. Yeah. And um, we keep in touch. Like we love him. We he, love he's him. He's great. He's, he's the best. Great. He helped me or he'll, he'll send like Christmas cards he's with the best. Starbucks. He's the best. Uh, Raph, shout out to you. Yeah. And so we saw him at Commerce uh, and we were talk, talking for a little bit. He really likes PLO. Uh, he's like It's a pot limit Omaha. It's okay. way more adrenaline it's more like tournaments i don't know it's not i don't know i don't play plo so i'm gonna botch this but i find that people that like tournaments like plo as a cash game better than like regular no limit i think because there's just so much more variance in plo um so he likes that gambling type of vibe uh anyway so he comes a couple months later we're gonna sell our house and he comes over and he's like Hey, by the way, like, uh, you going to commerce a lot? Cause he's been seeing my stories. I've been posting on Instagram stories. He's like, you know, I have a group that we play online. Like we play on this app. I can get you in. It's like, I don't know, a hundred people, but only like nine people play at a time. You know, it's, uh, just one table. Um, but yeah, it's just like a bunch of buddies in the pandemic. We got together. We used to play at commerce and now we play on this app. And I was like, hell yeah. So it's okay to play online in California if it's a private party. So if you go to a friend's house and you play for real money, as long as you're not playing for hundreds of thousands of dollars or something that like would deserve an audit, um, it's okay. Like if you can, if you're playing for a couple hundred dollars, like that is perfectly legal as long as the house isn't taking a rake. Got it. Um, so there's loopholes like that. And in the pandemic, people were using apps because they're technically private parties that you're just playing online. It's a private group of people. It's not open to the public. Um, and so, you know, like the person hosting it and all that stuff. Got it. Um, so, yeah, we're and, playing. And the way that you're playing this game is different than what you're experiencing at the commerce or even at the hustler. Like you're seeing some a lot of different kind of variants. Yeah, well, you're playing four times as many hands uh, an hour that you are than you are live because online is just so much faster. There's a time limit involved. Um, there's no waiting for shuffling or waiting for the dealer. So you can't see people. You can't see what they're doing. So that's another element. But yeah, so not only are the are you seeing four times as many cards, so there's going to be natural, like way more variants that you're going to see. But you also um, can't make live reads, so I can't you know use as much intuitive like feeling people Mm -hmm. but i can tell by their bet sizes what kind of hands they're representing and that's about all the information you have to go off and how often the frequencies you know like how often are they opening a hand how often are they raising how often are they doing all that stuff if they're not doing it often they're a very tight player i'm gonna respect their hands a lot more if they're doing it a lot i'm just gonna start raising them a lot so um yeah it's just and we're going to talk about how that helped to inform the rest of her game down the road when we come back from this little break. So please buy whatever we tell you to buy. And go gamble. No gamble, gamble, no future. Hey, go gambling. Go gambling. Let's go gambling. <laughs> all gambling. It's all the same. <laughs> Hooray.
Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We just want to take a break to tell you to like, thanks for listening to our podcast. And if you want to rate it, that would be really awesome for us. Like, Listen, we're on break. We're not talking to you like podcast hosts right now. We're just talking to you like people. As a friend. And we just want to say, please rate the show because it helps out huge amounts. Like, we're not desperate. We're like kind of desperate. We're giving shout outs right now to all the people who are giving it ratings. So huge shout out right now to Brian Jorgensen. That was sick of you, dude. Thank you. God bless. Uh, huge shout out right now to Mark. Mark W. in Springfield, Connecticut. Back to our podcast. Jenny Blythe. Hey, back to our podcast. In Tuscany, and Florida. back to our podcast. God bless you. Thank you. Steven. Huge. Thank you for supporting the show. <laughs> and we're back. Um, okay, so so now you are used to a different kind of player. So now I'm playing like five days a week. Yes. Because this was back in September-ish. Um, be, after... After all the stuff with uh, the meetup with Brad, September twenty one. Uh, I don't know what day exactly, but I think so. okay. But um, but yeah, we start. I start playing a lot more mm-hmm. because it's easy. I don't have to drive to the commerce anymore. I'm just playing from bed. Yeah, I have a glass of wine. Legit. I lay in bed with my pajamas, <laughs> and I'm with the like, it's every night at eight thirty is when the game starts, and I'm excited to play. I play for an hour or two. I was winning a lot in the beginning, um, so immediately like triples by bankroll yeah but there's a type of player that i remember um you bitching about a lot uh-huh right where like people will just do wild ass shit yeah and you're like what the fuck is going on nobody's respecting gto <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying yes and you're like because you had studied such a huge part of the game yeah. and then there was a part of the game that you hadn't studied yet because you're such a cash games player yeah so now you know going into moving to vegas now we're living in vegas right this is like december of 2021 um you start to go to casinos or like i remember well even when we were shopping for the house Mm. we were like gonna sign for the house i remember taking you to that sick room at the aria yeah sickest poker room in vegas it's still my favorite it's the sickest it's the dopest i want those fucking metal cards that they have on the wall a lot of people don't like it because they say it's too dim but that's why i like it they're wrong yeah i like the low lighting the wind sucks everyone loves the wind everyone loves the wind the wind has halogen drugstore lighting so they can fuck off yeah but that's why people like it because they can see the cards better that's what they say but i get we like environment yeah i like i like it to feel like a jazz lounge yes yeah. Yes, I like the moody lighting. I like, <laughs> yeah, and I like, I like I said, I love the metallic cards. I love all of that shit. Yeah, that experience at Aria really made me like excited. So to I play. sat behind you for like three and a half hours watching you play the game, which was fascinating for me personally. Mm-hmm. Very riveting as well. I think the flop is one of the most underrated things in sports entertainment. Yeah, like where <coughs> there's just a lot of drama in the flop when they oh, yeah. are first turning over those cards, and then you actually know what your hand means. Yeah. There's something so interesting about that. <clears throat> well, the equity in your hand changes drastically once the flop comes out. Sometimes. Right. Sometimes it changes drastically. If you're still in. Yeah. Or you maybe fold it out because you're like, percentage-wise, I don't have anything. But And by the way, this is me. I'm just translating what Nikki tells me. I don't fucking know anything about poker, okay? okay. This is her telling me what I think. Or, or your her, interpretation. This is my of, interpretation of what you tell me. Yeah. I don't fucking know poker. I love it. Okay. Um, but I'm just trying to go off of what I was there and you're telling me what's going on. And yeah. I'm just like translating that, right? So then, um, yeah, you did well. Mm-hmm. You did really well. And you were pissing people off, which I loved. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was fun. It was really fun. That was really fun. She was getting guys to go all in and and just taking their fucking stack. I was stacking a lot of people. Oh, and- <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I remember telling your father, because I saw him briefly after that. Yeah. I was like, because uh, at Christmas. 
I was like, your daughter's just fucking ripping throats out. And she's smiling while she's doing it. She's fucking ripping fucking goddamn throats out. <laughs> the best part is I made the ditziest comment sitting down by accident. Like, I really wasn't trying to play dumb. But yeah. that was the running joke was that... Like, cause that, poker. So yeah, because you were what, saying that I, the whole time. Yeah, the, that exactly. I was like, it's my first day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that was great. Um, yeah, because when I when I sat down, one, I'm so used to like online where it just says BB. You know, big blind is like the how many big bets that you're gonna put in there. Um, and I was used to playing three five at Commerce, and when I sat down at Aria, it was my first time playing one three. Yeah. And so I was confused at what the 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 minimum bet was because um, it changed like what my opening bet was going to be because you do about three to five times um, what the minimum is to open. And so normally I was used to opening fifteen at three five at Commerce, but now we're playing one three. And so I was like, the first thing I said when I sat down was like, "What is the?" bbs for this and oh, i was like yeah. i know what i'm trying it. to say you but it, it just wasn't coming out yeah, right yeah, 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 and yeah, i yeah. sounded like the biggest but it was genuine it wasn't like it was you're playing a move totally. or anything. yeah and so uh my first hand in was kings yeah pocket kings and uh the the button raised so the i right before the two blinds i was in the blinds um raised and i um three bet him which means i re raised his open okay and he shoved all in on me. And then I called and he had ace king, I had kings and I stacked him. That was my first hand. Yeah. And so then they're like, I think you've played before. And then yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, no, it was my first time. So <laughs> I didn't know what the BBs were. Yeah, 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 you're just playing yeah. it off, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, <clears throat> so I watched you rip throats out and I was proud of you and I was telling your old man about it and stuff and it was really fun. And, and you know, <clears throat> a lot of people you know, we're hearing about you playing poker and stuff. And there's a lot of, you know, uh, I wouldn't say eye rolling, but a lot of skepticism about it. Sure. And I wasn't really trying to talk about it very much because I, I, I didn't want that energy. But you were passionate about it. It was kind of like, exactly. That yeah. was what was too hard to stop talking about it because I liked that it was something completely separate from everything else I was doing. It was kind of like an escape. Like no one knew who I was. I wasn't Nikki Limo. I just like got to be a random person playing yeah. a game and seeing if I play well. And and if you listen to shit they don't tell you after dark, you guys know what happened to Nikki with poker because like we've probably talked about it like we've probably, <laughs> we've probably been talking about it for fucking 10 months, right? Yeah. But yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Like and that's part of our Patreon where we talk about things that are going on with us. But that's been like dominating the conversation over there because yeah, I just, you just got, got so really passionate it. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, Nikki's is doing really well at the cash games. And like 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 we said, I mean, you had a bad stretch for a little while. So yeah, beginning of this year is yes. when I hit my first downswing. It was January. I had built my bankroll up from $1,000 to a little over $5,000, which yeah. was like a kind of a cute milestone. Mm -hmm. And this was just playing with like $200 buy-ins because at the commerce and on the app that I was playing in, it was just small buy-ins. Uh, or I thought they were regular, but I didn't know until I moved here that that's actually a pretty small buy-in for yeah. the the stakes that we were playing yes. um so you know it was just like i make a couple hundred i lose a hundred you know i make it was like going up and down but i got to like five thousand dollars and um i hit a downswing where it went all the way down to twelve hundred yeah so i was like man i'm like almost back where i started right and you're beating yourself up pretty good yeah you're still obsessed with the game but you're Vegas, beating yourself up good the 
pe- way people play in Vegas is way different than LA. So that was an adjustment um, that was hard because like you're talking about on the app where people play really loose, they're like wild maniacs. Um, well, in, in Las Vegas, at least the regulars play very tight, actually. <laughs> like they play very GTO here yeah. um, for the most part. Like I try to go to the strip more often than playing at Red Rock here in Summerlin because Summerlin, there's a lot more locals. They play really well. At the strip, you'll get a lot of drunkos that will, I don't know, they're at a bachelor party and they want to go play poker or whatever. So you get more people that are spewy with, their, loose, yeah. with their chips and their money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a huge, um, adjustment that I had to make going on the downswing here. Yeah. But that wasn't, you know, that was good for you. It was formative. It was, it helped me Losing want was formative. to get better. Yeah. Yes. And like, where, where are my leaks? Also, um, what's my mental state been like, you know, we were moving yeah. and like unpacking. Then it was the holidays. There was a lot of stressful we stuff home. going on. Yeah. And that can really impact your mental state if you're not balanced, if you're not keeping a balance. And so since I was so obsessed with poker, it was like, you know, losing over and over again was like, I was taking it personally. Um, And I wasn't wasn't really happy doing other things because I was losing so hard. So I had to like readjust my mental state. Uh, There's a great book called The Mental Game of Poker by Jared Tindler. And he talks about emotional leaks and, you know, what you can do. when you're you know on a losing streak and like examine what you're getting mad at and like what exactly it has to do with parts of your life it's really good about it's psychology i've mentioned that book before on the podcast but i really didn't i really didn't need to delve into it until this downswing because it was like i had to reread the book because you built yourself back up i did and i i moved down in stakes I wanted to build my confidence back up. So I, I moved down in stakes and was trying to just get my win rate back up. And that was a big confidence booster because I did do that. And then that snowballed. And then I went to another Brad Owen meetup at the end of January. Mm-hmm. And I ended up having the biggest win I had ever had, which I walked with like $2,500 in profit. From how much? From I, I put 600 in <clears throat> and then I walked with over three grand. And then I went Sick. to MGM and I made another thousand like that same day. Yeah. And this is all cash games. Yeah. This is all cash games. And I ended up making, so I, I lost a lot of money that month in the beginning. And then I had to make double the amount to get it back up to where it was. I remember so, you showed me the app too. Yeah. And like the, the way that you went down and then went right back up yeah, out of it, it was, was like sick. just a, sc- was like a spike. It was dip. a hero's journey. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that was really awesome. But then, so now we're like, you know, early first three months of the year, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, you start to talk to me about, you know, the, the way that anyone ever gets credit in the poker industry yeah. is if they win tournaments. Yeah, like all the most known poker players, you know. I mean, ca- high stakes cash game is kind of getting more popular now. You see, like, you know, Garrett Adelstein is like popular. Like, there's a lot of known high stakes cash games player n- players now because of streaming. Yeah. But, like, for the most part, yeah, like. The industry is fundamentally swayed towards the, the tournaments. The trophies, yeah. the prestige, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, like, the, bracelets. the names, yeah. they are all from tournament yeah. players yeah. for sure. The yeah. Hendon Mob, which is like the IMDb of poker. Mm-hmm. You know, people check your IMDb to see if like how credible you are. Okay, okay they check your Hendon Mob in poker, Sick. but Hendon Mob is only live tournament wins. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, that's that was something that you 
I mean, let's just be very honest. Like you were not money motivated in poker. No. You wanted, you loved the game and you really, really, really wanted um, the respect of your peers inside of the game. Yeah. Um, and that's something that you repeated to me many, many times. I just, yeah, I wanted to, to be a good player. One of like, the players. You wanted to be like, it's like when people say that, you know, when they want to do stand up. Yeah. Like, I just want to be one of those guys. Exactly. It's like that. It's, it, it reminds me so much of stand up, yeah. yeah. especially being a woman in a male dominated field. I don't, I don't like that that part is part of it, but um, I think you do get judged a lot harder in both of those industries. Like people think that women aren't funny can't and do can't do comedy. It's already and hard. people think that women can't play poker. And I didn't choose it because I want to go against the grain or whatever. I'm just so naturally drawn to those two things. Yeah. And it just happens to be very dominant, dominated by men. So it does add a little bit because it's like it's not just you losing at poker. Like if a guy loses at poker, he could maybe be like, oh, whatever. I had bad luck today. But when I lose at poker, when I had a bad comedy show, it's like you represent like all people, women. <laughs> yeah, it felt like people were like see women can't play poker. It's it like so stupid. Yeah. But yeah, I just uh, there's that added weight. And I just wanted to like. Yeah, like really feel like all the work that I put into it and like really like I studied so much um, to like almost prove to myself that it is it's true. Like if you study enough and if you if you really learn the game and you really practice consistently playing not only GTO, but also exploitable poker, like when you can read people's exploits and adjust to the game like there's a lot of elements to it i'm always working on a different element when i sit down at the table and i just um i'm just so fascinated with improvement and like and like seeing progress and kicking your own ass when you get home oh yeah no matter what she wins by the way she kicks her fucking ass when she gets home she tells me nonstop about what she could have done better and how she could have won more and that's why she's a fucking winner (laughs) i'm telling you look the people who get comfy and they win and they get comfy they're not going to have as much wins down the road as people like Nikki who, you know, they win, but they're mad because they could have done better. I I believe that. So now you're, you're like, you know what? I got to start learning tournaments. Yeah. Because if I'm going to get a claim in this game, I need to win tournaments. Yeah. And it's not even like about like, uh, like I want my name on a wall. It's like, it's kind of just like respect. And to my own self, like to like validate, because you can get lucky and win a bunch of cash and cash games. Like you can go on a hot streak of just like the cards went your way and you could just get lucky and then whatever. It doesn't mean you're good at the game. But if you can um, consistently like win in tournaments and it's it's like there's a almost like a paper trail with like the Hendon mob thing. I think to me it proved it would prove to me that I could that I can play the game. So your first experience with tournaments is fucking wild. Yeah. Because it's just a different game. Totally. I did not I didn't like it. Right. No. You you came home, <laughs> you're fucking bitching about it. Oh yeah. You're like, this is not even like what the fuck is going cash on? Cash games, I can sit down yeah. and I'm either profitable or I'm not. Like I like but usually I am like I'm winning on average like 60% of the time that I'm uh, at least 60% of the time on cash games. So I play for a couple hours. I go to the bathroom <clears throat> when I want to go to the bathroom. I go take a break to eat when I want to eat or I order food to the table. You know, it's it's more social too. It's like laid back and I'm making hundreds of dollars in like 
a couple hours. Mm-hmm. With tournaments, you don't even make a cent until like six hours into it, to the money bubble. And then when you actually make the money, which is so long, you're like you're waiting so long to make it, and then you make it, and you're making the minimum. Like if you put in a hundred dollars for the buy-in, you maybe made two hundred dollars. Like so, you walk with two hundred dollars, so you made a hundred dollars profit. Yeah, and that is so little in cash games. Like to like s- sit there for six hours and then leave with a hundred dollars. Like your hourly rate is so small. I don't know. I just like I was very tilted by like this had the structure of tournaments when I started. And this is probably March of this yes, year. Yes, it was March. So of this now year, yeah. Nikki won last week. Like I mean, honestly, a day, a week, and a day ago is when you won the big, the big WSOP. Yeah. I did fourth I, place. I got fourth. Yeah. Yeah. So so like okay, that's fucking, you know, a couple months <laughs> after you started. Yeah. Um. So so then you know. You start to, I mean, and by the way, this sounds like so much more abridged than how it is. Like Nikki is every day simulating shit on yeah. her computer. She has her coach. She's like obsessed. Yeah. She's locked all the way into the game. So the way this truncated version that you're getting is just, we're just trying to convey all this to you in an hour, right? I didn't even know what Steve was going to talk about, honestly. Like I it was like, let's talk about poker. Let's talk about, talk about like the win that just happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um you know, you interview me, like you talk about whatever you want. So. Yeah, no, so so then, um, you know, you, you um, we have friends who are po- professional poker players. This, yes. That's what they do. Yeah, and they're our, a couple. Our neighbors. Our neighbors. We, oh, God, I think I talked about this, how yeah. when we moved here, I was like, I hope we I hope we have neighbors that are like around our age that know how to play poker. We can have like poker nights or something. She said this before we even knew where we were going to live. No, exactly. I was like, that she would be so it. fun. And then we moved here and our realtor was like, yeah, it's kind of like a retirement community. So I'm like, oh man, like yeah. I hope there's at least like one younger couple that knows how to play poker. Well, our neighbors are literally professional tournament players, which yeah. is rare. Very like, successful, all the pros the I know are, are cash players. Like yeah. that's consistent because it's consistently profitable. They're tournament professionals and they have multiple bracelets w wsop bracelets w, with them. wpt tournament pretty sweet. Uh, trophies yep. crazy i uh, love them very proud of them love but, them but yeah no um so that was really it's been cool to see you um come up in their game you know what i mean because yeah. when i was introduced to the game it was their game and now it's like you're part of that whole circle now yeah like even just a couple weeks ago so this is before Nikki played WSOP. We were invited to a poker house that reminded me of early YouTube. Yeah. It was like, you know, when you're at a place and everyone there is all doing YouTube for a living. Yeah. And there's someone fish out of water who's like, you guys all do YouTube for a living? This is wild, right? <laughs> and that was kind of how who I was, I guess, at this poker house. Because I was like, y'all do poker for a living? That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. But it was very early YouTube-ish. Yeah. Where everyone's super it felt helpful, like that. friendly. Communi- everyone wants to help each Community oriented, collaborative. In fact, um, I also, in March, when I started studying tournaments, also joined a a cash games um, like group, like forum. Like we go over hand histories together, like a study group. Yeah. Because it, it really, really does help to have like a community that not only you guys talk, you exchange like kind of like it's kind of like therapy like you're going through hands and stuff but you're also there's two professional poker players that run it um shout out to andrew nimi who and who Mm -hmm. who runs it and he also introduced me to it when i asked him like who's the best like cash games coach yeah um and then benton blankman so um they both are professional 
poker players and they will if you have a hand history like you could be at the table i could be playing at aria and i just did a hand and i'm not sure if i played it right and i'm like shit that was such a tough spot like would is did i do it right or like because as long as I did the right move. I don't care what the result was because that's really what it is. It's like there's variance in poker, but if you're making the right play every time, eventually it's profitable. Like if you did the same thing a thousand times, you would profit in the long run. So I want to really make sure that in those type of tight spots that I at least made the right decision. And so I could be sitting at Aria, just play the hand. And then I type it into, it's like a Facebook group and I, I run them the hand history. Within like an hour, I have five responses. Uh, one of the two professionals will will tell me how I played the flop, like if I played the flop right, the pre-flop action, the flop action, the turn, the river, like the whole thing. And you don't tell them the end result when I'm typing the hand history because I, I don't want them to know what decision I make. It's like, what would oh, you do? Cool so then they say what they would have done and I get to see if that's what I did or Way not. Way cool. Yeah. Way cool. And then like the next day I'll tell them what I actually did. Right. And so that's really, really helpful. I highly recommend that if you want to study the game, like get serious and, and you, whether a hobby or you want to like kind of be semi-pro or whatever, yeah. um, having a having a community like that is huge. I couldn't agree more. It's called the Hand History Lounge. I'll put a link in the description. Love it. Yeah. I have the same thing in crypto. It's sort of like what you just described, except there's much more mascots getting abused yeah. in, in GIFs. Yes. But it's sim- very similar. We have some GIFs. And Stone Cold Steve Austin stunnering people. <laughs> uh, GIFs as well. But um, okay, so now, yeah. So now you're playing tournaments and you kind of have a breakthrough. Um, you kind of come home and you're like, I kind of get it now. Yeah. Like I get, you know, and you you related it to me by telling me about your, your your app where all these guys were playing fucking wild shit last you know September through December. They were all tournament players, right? Playing a cash you game. You didn't plug all that in yet. Yeah. You didn't understand what they were doing yet, and now you know. I was like, why would they shove with that hand? But because now knowing that they were tournament players, and shout out to Andrew Nimi because we were playing cash games at Aria right after I busted my first live <clears throat> tournament. And I was just like, I just don't know if I could do it. Like this yep. tournaments are so crazy. And I just don't know if I can handle the variance. And he goes, he said, and I quote, once you have your first deep run in a tournament, you'll be hooked. Love it. And I was like, if that ever happens, <laughs> the next week, the very next week, the second live tournament yeah. I played, yeah. I won first place. Yeah. And I was like. Out of how many people? That was out of 200 people. So crazy. I was like, and this was like one of the little practice ones I was doing, like the $100 mm-hmm. buy-ins. It went till two in the morning. But um, I was playing, you know, people that play tournaments. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. They every, and I see them now because every Tuesday and Thursday I was going to go practice again. And I see the same faces playing. And I understood yeah. I understood. You got, I, the, you got the hunger. I was playing way too tight for tournaments before. Um, and that's what I was working with my coach with too. Cause he was like showing me the range that I should be playing from the blinds and the button. And I was like, what? Yeah. That is insane to yeah. me. Actually just like blew my mind right off of my head. Like I just right out my skull. Uh, Cause I could not believe the range. Hey, explain. <laughs> um, so in cash games, you still like would play like decent hands from certain certain positions even if you're in the better positions like you still want to have like playable hands but in tournaments because 
you're dealing with a lot. You're dealing with the blinds going up, which makes your stack depth shorter each time. And like there's a time limit on the levels that you're playing. So you have to play different hands that become a much wider range the shorter your stack gets. Because you just have, odds-wise, you just have less to lose by playing those hands, those marginal hands that you would never play in cash games. In cash games, your your stack is very deep, very consistently. Because even if you lose a couple pots, you can just add on more money. Tournaments, you can't add on more money. So you're stuck with whatever stack depth you have, and you have to work with that. And because you're already playing shorter than cash games, and you're continuously fighting with the clock um, about it, it's about to get even shorter if you don't make some moves, it really incentivizes you to play more hands mm -hmm. and to uh, bluff and to bluff a lot more. Yeah. And now I understand why they were bluffing a lot more because their stacks were so low because they were buying in so low and then they had to play a certain range from, from that. Yeah. I mean, you could you could go back and forth with whether or not you should play tighter in your stacks or or looser, but I think that there are certain risks that are worth taking, especially if there's against certain player types. Like if you know a player is like kind of loose with their opens, then I'll just shove on them because they can't call it. They can't call my all in um, with the range of hands that they've been playing. Mm. Now, of course, once in a while they'll have kings or they'll have something really good, but if they're opening a high frequency of time. I'll take the risk if my stack is short that they'll fold if I shove on them. Love it. Yeah. So, so now, um, you know, we're getting into WSOP territory, and and you're you're telling me even you're like worried that maybe if you're if you're on your cycle, it might fuck with you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, <laughs> I had a history of making very poor decisions during that time. But you also have a history of just overthinking shit. Yeah. And so you'll overplan, overthink, over everything, and then me? you. Yeah, right? And then usually my job is just to center you and remind you why you're great. You don't have to worry. You know what game is great for overthinking? What's that? Poker. Go figure. So, so Very then, analytical. Uh, yeah. So then, um, you know, we're getting into WSOP territory, which is like a month months long thing, right? Yeah. It's about a little over six weeks, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. so this thing's going from just started, what, two started weeks ago? the first ago? week of June. Yeah. Going till July something, yeah, end of July. And um, you are you're just telling me you're like, I'm so excited about it, but I don't want to build it up in my head. I just want to go play so I can be part of it. Yeah, like you know, and it would be you, you're like it would be incredible to cash. I'm not even expecting to do that. I just want to go and get that under my belt and say like mm -hmm. I played in the World Series of Poker. Yeah, and then like maybe next year in 2023 I go for a bracelet. Exactly. You know, so. Then you go and, um, you know, I'm doing Crypto Corner that day. Or, well, this is this is the, you do the qualifier day. So, like. Well, if you back it up a month before, I, I played, like, MGM was the first one where it was a two-day. Because I yes. wanted to, like, play a two-day and I bagged for the first time. I was like, if I could just bag, yeah. which means making it to the second day. Like, you take all your chips, you put it in a, a zip, like, a sealed bag. And it's very, like, it goes into, like, a very, like vaulted area of the casino and then like you come back to your bag on day two yeah um so i'd never done that before i never experienced that so i just wanted to bag for day two and that was like exciting that i got to bag and then yeah. i ended up going to the final table and getting second in that one and cashing for a five-figure payout which was the chop day right 12 grand yeah so what happened and there? so that that's when i was like 
cool because that buys all my buy-ins for WSOP yeah. for the side events that I wanted to play. Yeah, but the, but what was your frustration with the chop? Okay, so the because you were devastated because you came home with a fat bag, you came home with five figures. Yeah, I've never seen a girl more sad to win like twelve thousand dollars in my whole life. I know because I should have been happy. Uh, I was happy. I was happy, but I was. Yeah, I was kicking myself because I really felt like if I had made final table, I told myself I was going to play for the win, you know, play for the first um, because that's what I'm doing it for. You know, a lot of people are playing for the money um, and I understand that, but I don't need the money. You know, I have other income streams. I, I want to win. Like that's the whole point. Otherwise I play cash games. Exactly. You know, I can be profitable in cash games. Yep. The whole point of studying tournaments was to go for the win. Yep. And so I was disappointed in myself for not going for the win, but there was a, there were several factors in that. Um, so when it comes down to, you know, a few people left in a tournament, most likely someone is going to suggest a chop at some point. That's pretty normal because it gives it guarantees everybody a higher payout except for the first place person. And if you don't have an edge on the other people, if you think they're all pretty good, then you're probably better off taking the chop money-wise. Yeah, because um, variants could just kill you anyway. Oh, absolutely, because the blinds are already so high <clears throat> that it's anyone's game. Like, at any point, the stack the, the stacks are going to shift from who's chip leader and who's not. So even though I entered final table as chip leader, by a landslide, by the yeah. way, um, <laughs> <laughs> not to brag, um, the, like, <laughs> actually the guy that, ended up winning he was down to one chip and he was like cool with it he he's uh, a yeah, shout out to mike cool. shout out to very michael cool. i freaking love him i met him during this tournament yeah, he's Michael's actually awesome. mutually friends with our neighbors yeah. uh, next door because he's the manager at americana steve and i's favorite restaurant yeah we love it um so he was down to one chip he's like i actually have to close this restaurant i don't care i'm going all in I'm without peacing. looking because i mean evie tells you that you um, when you're down to one chip you just have to go in all yeah, in without yeah, yeah. looking like yeah. it doesn't matter what two cards you have there's nothing that should make you fold yeah so he goes all in and he ends up winning that hand and he so he doubles his little stack and then he just shoves every hand and he's winning and winning and winning and he ends up like coming up with a decent stack and he has i think he's in like um he's in still in last place when it comes when it gets down to five players but two people got eliminated ahead of him when he was like that short of a stack so it was pretty cool he was stoked um and someone offered a chop suggested a chop and at that point i was in first place so because i want the title yeah i was like you know what i do want to fight to win and feel like i earned it yeah but i also if i take the chop we're all guaranteed five figures and i get the title and you also get a free seat to the tournament of champions which like you can only you can't buy into that tournament so $200,000 guarantee and you can only get it by winning one of their other tournaments so you that's pretty cool um i also found out later you get a trophy which i didn't know about but anyway would have been your first um yeah i have not won a trophy in life I did win our fantasy football league trophy, but I don't feel like that counts because I haven't received it yet. That's a good point. You so, did just win that. Though. <laughs> I did win that. And you did get a pretty sick ring from me, but go ahead. Okay. So someone offered a chop. And the way you do an ICM chop is you take however many chips are left in your stack and you kind of like take how much money is left in the prize pool that would have been distributed the way that it had it if everyone played. And you put it all together and then you just redistribute it based on everyone's chip sizes, their stack sizes. And then it's a more like fair, Equitable. equal, yeah, payout. I mean, the first place person takes a hit, but 
you might not even cash first if you continued playing. Exactly. So it's like you're guaranteed X amount of money. And so everybody wanted it and they had to talk me into it actually because I really wanted to play for the win, but I was like, well, I'm, I would get, just take the win now. Yeah. Um, and so we all were in agreement and then the guy the tournament director comes over and goes oh and you get a you get a free seat to the tournament of champions kind of as an aside and a guy at the table didn't know that and he's uh, something like flipped in him he's like wait you get a free seat to the tournament of champions Mm. and he's like yeah yeah it's like part of it like only tournament winners get the seat there and so he changes his vote Fuck. It's a not and that it's anonymous, but everybody knows who changed their vote. <laughs> okay, so he asked the question. Yeah, and he was like, his eyes lit up, yeah, like yeah, he yeah. was just so fucking stoked. So then uh, we have to keep playing because yeah. it has to be unanimous, or else you can't you can't chop. Unanimous. Unanimous. Yes. Sorry, anonymous and unanimous. Uh, you're and fine. Anyway, um, so we keep playing, and within two hands. That guy busts so he, by the guy that was short stacked. So <laughs> and so he's out. Like, so. Fire boy Michael, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, Michael did the most damage and then he was down because that guy covered him. So that guy was down to like Brutal. a little little bitty stack and then he had to shove like the next hand and then. Break the mundo. Yeah, he, he was gone. Um, So that guy's out now. Everyone's like, all right, revote. Yeah. And now there's four players. We all like went up a couple thousand. Now that guy lost six thousand yeah. dollars by making that move. Um, yeah. So then uh, we do a revote, but now I'm in second, mm-hmm. and my my boy Michael's in first, and he's like so chill. He's yeah. like, yo, I don't even care about this title. I just want to. I'm just so stoked to like have more money, you yeah, know. Sure. And he's like, what if? Because um, now I'm like, I kind of want to play for the win. I don't, I'm gonna yeah, go in second. So he's like, what if I gave her the title? Like, is that cool? Like, can she just have the title? And they're like, no, whoever has the most chips gets the title. Yeah, makes sense. So he goes, um, okay, what if I gave her some chips? Yeah. And they're, they're like, like, that's, that's collusion. Yeah. So no, you can't yeah. do that. Like, okay, what if we played a few more hands and she happened to win them and then we revoted? And the other players were like, I'm not down for a revote. This voting stuff has already been too that's crazy. Fair. Blah, blah, blah. I just don't want to revote. It's too traumatizing. So um, they had all been talking mad shit about that guy that changed the vote. And I was also happy that my friend was, oh, and by the way, he couldn't even make it to the tournament of champions. So he's mm. like, can she at least play for me at the tournament of champions? Do the work. And they're like, no. <laughs> so Yikes. like, yeah. So he, the, his seat is just going to be empty and, and they just going to, they're just going to blind disgusting. it out. I know. Right. Isn't that, doesn't that suck? So it, I didn't, I, had to make a decision right then and there They're, they were counting down the clock i was really like in the tank for a while on this decision because i really wanted to play for first um but i was i didn't have a chip lead and like there were, i don't even think i didn't even know if i had an edge because this was my first time in a two-day tournament i hadn't played with these guys yet um I, I'd only played with michael because he was on my day one table but the other people i hadn't even played with yet in the entire tournament so i didn't know how they played and I didn't know if they it's were better fine, than me. Yeah. And so, but you let you, so I you, agreed you to the chop. Yeah. And, and also, oh, that was the other thing. If mm. I didn't agree to the chop and I ended up playing for the win and I was the next one to bust, it would cost me $6,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I could use that money to do the buy-ins for the WSOP, yep. which is what I really wanted to play. And then I don't have to worry about playing at the WSOP. Yep. It doesn't take a hit it's to my bankroll. I'm just playing off this money that yep. I won and I, and I get some extra money too. Yep. And so, because it was such, it was by far the biggest cash I had ever 
received um cash games tournaments whatever yep. i'd already won several tournaments at this point but they were all for like three thousand yeah. dollars or less um so yeah i i voted yes for the chop and i and you beat yourself up after it nonstop. i wondered like if i could have won yeah. yeah and if i and if i you know would have been able to play in the tournament of champions or like get a trophy or like whatever and like just really stamp my name on something and yeah. be like i played for the win and i fucking did it yeah. you know and that way even if i lost i would know that i tried yeah. like i that i played my heart out till the end so let's fast forward because we're way over time right yeah, now yeah, yeah. but um yeah so now you you're you're going to the world series of poker yeah you're in there i remember dropping you off and you're like i'm just so excited and then you came home that day and you're like i'm in like i'm in the next like round robin basically yeah um which meant that you were moving on which meant that you were guaranteed day two day two yeah so i was i was in the money yep and then i also started day two with a pretty good stack size yeah so then um that's when, the, you know, that day was very in, insane because, like, I remember just, you know, you left, I dropped you off in the morning, and then you're gone all day, I'm doing Crypto Corner at night, and then all of a sudden, everyone's telling me, like, hey, Nikki's, like, fucking killing it, and I had been paying attention because I had your, I had the World Series of Poker thing, like, windowed so I could uh -huh. see it that, during it. Because they were doing news updates. They were doing news updates. Yeah. And like 10 minutes before I start Crypto Corner with my brother Kenny, I'm like, I'm like telling Kenny, like we, we usually talk to each other a little bit before we start the show. And I was like, yo, dude, it's a fucking crazy night. Like Nikki's like, like far along. Like I just got off the phone with her like fucking 90 seconds before I talked to, I talked to Kenny, I talked to you. And I was like, she's like in, in. she's like, like really far in. Yeah. And I was like, I might have to just go in the middle of the show because... She's just crushing it so hard. And he's like, holy shit. And I'm like, yeah, dude. So then, you know, we're, we're wa kind of watching this during the show. And then I was telling all the corners about it. And then everyone, like the whole show just becomes eventually about how you're moving on to final table. And everyone's just like, and I was like, well, I want to get to everyone's questions. Like, get the fuck out of here, Steve. Like, <laughs> fucking go. You know, so then um, um, I call our neighbor, Chris. Yeah. He was like the poker god. Yeah. And I was like. I was like, yo, dude. I was like, um, he immediately picks up too. Like I call him, he immediately picks up. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, dude, this is pretty crazy. He's like, this is fucking crazy. And I'm like, I'm like, we should go down there, huh? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, good to know. I was like, give me 20. I'm going to lock out with my crypto people. Um, and then at the 20 minute mark, he's ringing the doorbell. <laughs> so then we take, an, we take a lift down there and um, I'm standing there and you know, you didn't even know I was showing up. No, I didn't know you were even there until I did some hand and I, I shoved on someone and they tanked for a long time and then they eventually folded and um, I won. So I won the hand because they raised me on it. And uh, and then I hear cheering in the back and I turn around and like you're there and Andrew Nimi and all the people from my um, a lot of people from uh, Chris Jesse. and my poker coach, Jesse, yeah. and then um, all the people from my the hand history lounge. Yep. The Like that was probably... That was the biggest reward was like seeing like people that I had met along the way, like they're cheering at a final table at the WSOP. Like Crazy. what? 
But I have to say that you spoiled me so much. <laughs> I just didn't realize, like, I knew this was a big deal yeah. because, like, that had been now hammered in my head by the time I was on my way down there. But before this, you had final tabled so many times and you'd done so well <laughs> in such a short amount of time that I was like, this is pretty cool. But pretty like, normal. Yeah, but, like, you know, do I have to leave? Like, Nikki would probably appreciate it if I like answered everyone's questions and like did the show the right way and then halfway through everyone's like get the fuck out of here bro (laughs) (laughs) so shout out to the corners you guys are the best yeah you guys are the best no really they were the best because I I didn't even know that I had permission to leave because I'm such a fucking guilty Catholic but it was great so then um yeah, the, the best part though. I, so, like from my perspective, because like I'm there, and you know, Mormon knows what's going on, and like Jesse knows what's going on, and like all these you know people from your hand history, they all know what the fuck's going on. I have no idea You're what's happening. You're the only one that doesn't understand no poker. Yeah, the, there's there's shit going on, and like there's hands dropping, and all these cats are like turning to each other, and they're they're speaking in the same code that you talk yeah. in. And I'm like, God damn, I don't know what the fuck they're saying. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck's going on. I'm like, did she do good? And I'm turning I'm turning to Chris. I'm like, yeah, did she do good? She do good. He's like, yeah, 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 that was good. He's like, yeah, she sh- she shut that guy out. Yeah, that's good. And I was like, yeah, it's good. Fuck yeah, it's good. <laughs> but like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, yeah. Because I actually, thanks to you, know more about the under the hood stuff about poker, like the strategies that you're trying to do. Like you're trying to like beat people up because um, if you're short stacked, you're trying to beat people up because, you know, you're trying to reconstitute your stack because it's all about how many blinds you have. in a Yeah, yeah. I know more about that than I know about, okay, on the river, she has this and they have that. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, fucking know. <laughs> Like you, you spend more time talking to me about the the game, yeah, not the hands, yeah. So like that's what I'm most used to from like a year of even even just hearing you, like mom bird spit into my mouth about this stuff. Um, but dude, yeah. So so, and I'm keeping track, and all the corners are keeping track. Everyone's like, you know, everyone in like, yeah. And shout out to Poker News; they do a great job of like being oh, like dude. really real time updates. It was great. Um, but everyone's rooting for you like mad, right? It was great. And then, you know, my family's all going crazy and um, in family chat. And then you bust out at fourth. Yeah. Well, the guy that busted out in fifth, that was the last place that was under a hundred thousand dollar prize. Right, right. So and he had more chips than me going into the final table. Crazy. So uh, the fact that I made it to the the six figure mark was like yes like that was if it's not if it's not gonna be the bracelet at least like that was like a miles a marker yeah as a watermark yeah crazy yeah crazy it was actually one hundred sixteen thousand six hundred. so like minus the 600 was exactly 116,000 beautiful yeah um so yeah so proud of you everyone's so proud of you your father calls you he tells you he's proud of you yeah beautiful yeah you cried (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you cried probably a lot of times. I I cried calling you when I was like when it was down to final three tables or something like that, final two tables. Yeah, yeah. Because we went on, we went on a dinner break at like final two tables, and I was like, "There's a really solid chance I'm going to final table because I was second in chips by like a landslide. Like it was the first place, and then me like kind of neck and neck, and then um, a large gap in chip stack, and then like the third place person and on." wild yeah and what a 24 hours like it's just such a weird thing where like i remember going to the bar afterward with nimi and 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 chris and jesse and everybody yeah. all from your hand history guys all these great people and we're all just there to celebrate you and like all the work that you put in and 
even then, I, I hope that people understand the work that Nikki put in is even more than you even think. So hopefully, you know, this episode went long, but you guys don't even understand the amount, I mean, the amount of times that I say good morning to this chick or good night to this chick or like good afternoon to this chick. And she is working on her poker theory in some <laughs> fucking program. And she's like, I have to do 10,000 hands before I can leave. I have to do 10,000 hands on this program. <laughs> 10,000. Or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah. 1,000 hands, whatever it is. Because you can flip through them quickly because it's yeah, an AI thing. Yeah, because it's a, yeah. But like, you know, she's such a psycho. I'm so proud of her. <laughs> I'm also the least surprised person in the room. Like, like, um, I knew you would do this. I knew you would do, you would blow everyone away. I didn't know you would do this this soon. I knew you'd blow everyone away. And uh, yeah, just so proud of you, man. Thank you. It's crazy. I am. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's hard for me to process. I mean, like like you said, like the first thing I thought afterwards was like, you know, right before the final table, I was second in chips by a landslide and I all I had to do was fold until the final table and I fucking couldn't do it. And then I damaged my stack, which put me in a position where I couldn't get to heads up or like there was less of a chance. And I feel like I could have gotten the bracelet or if I, I feel like I could have like had a better chance at it. And my coach was like, that's silly. Don't think about that. But but, dude, this is Nikki. I'm not, I can't I'm not kidding. help it. This is Nikki. We have $116,000 in cash in our laps. <laughs> and this is Nikki fucking bitching about the hand. I'm not bitching. I'm you mad at myself. Saying? I'm beating myself up. Yeah, because I didn't have. Beating yourself up about I it. I overplayed Ace Jack offsuit. It's like the stupidest hand. There, like, you admitted it. It's the hand that everybody <laughs> is like, don't play Ace Jack. Don't overplay Ace Jack offsuit. Yeah. And I fucking did. Yeah. Okay. If you only folded. And I wrecked half of my stack, basically. But that's what I'm saying. That's why I think, I mean, obviously, like you're great at what you do because even in victory, you know where you fucked up. Yeah. And you can't wait to do better. I think that that kind of tenacity, that kind of wherewithal and understanding of your game or trying to perfect your game, even, even still, yeah. when most people would just lay back and relax and fucking chill. I think that's why you're a champion. So congrats. Thank you so much. I really, really do appreciate that. And thank you everybody that like was like supporting through the, I Dude, was not expecting that Sticky at all. Sticky Studios, you guys are incredible. And you know, one of the first things my coach said too was like, hey, you know, when people get a big win like this, like usually they get kind mm -hmm. of like cocky and they started getting like all the, buying into all these like higher stake events. And I was like, yo, I'm like the opposite. I'm kind of like, I fucked up here and I needed to grind way more low stakes before I feel like I can, like I'm, I've perfected it enough to like take a risk at a higher stake. And yeah, yeah I, uh, I'm really humbled by this game. This game will constantly keep you on your toes. Like I didn't play live for a week and I just played live again yesterday and I busted within an hour. And I was like, well, I needed that to get that out of the way. I heard because... the garage door open. I was like, she's back already. Holy fuck. Yeah. I was like, I just said bye to her. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was dreading it. Yeah. I was just dreading playing live again because it's like, I have the opposite thing. I have, the, it's, I don't get overcome. I get like, oh no, we're back at the beginning and yeah. I don't know if I could do it all again. Yeah. And, and so I am overthinking everything. And so I just needed to get that out yeah. of the way, yeah. like that loss out of the way. That's and, fair. Before you play and this, grind. this week. Yeah, this week I have like probably my biggest buy-in that um, I've ever played. By the way, I should have mentioned this earlier, yeah. but I am working with Stake Kings because after that win, um, they reached out to me and it's a really great 
uh, company. My coach is actually uh, really supports them. Um, anyway, you can get involved because people were like, are you going to play the main now? The main is $10,000 to buy in. They're like, you have to play the main. Like, you won so much money. You have to play the main. You have to play the main. And I'm like, that seems so intimidating to me. It's a, it's like a multiple day tournament. I've never played that many days. I have never played that big of a buy-in. That's a huge buy-in yep. for like someone that has never played over a $1,000 buy-in to I'm go just into. just tournaments in March. Yeah. And I am playing a few $1,000 and up buy-ins between then I'm playing the ladies that's a thousand dollars and I'm playing a fifteen hundred dollar one this Friday. Um it's a millionaire maker one. Uh but yeah, I, I have not yet played that like anywhere close to that high of a buy-in. Um but I hear it's like a once in a lifetime experience and right now I'm bankrupt for it. And so I'm working with State Kings. If you want to buy a piece of the action, you can basically make like a sports bet on me. Mm-hmm. Um, you Through this company, you can buy a percentage of the buy-in. So it's $10,000 to buy in. Let's say you want 1%. So you put 100 bucks in. And whatever I win, you get that percentage of the winnings. So if I win $1,000, you get $10. Yeah. If I win, you know, the, you're not just going to win $1,000 in, in the main event. If yeah, I yeah. do cash, the min cash is 15 or I think fifteen thousand dollars. I'm working with fifteen thousand dollars, so um, like on top of the ten. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So you can buy a piece. Uh, cool. I'm selling up to fifty percent. So I'm gonna. I'm willing to buy in for five thousand dollars because I think that's a great deal for that type of experience. I'm just excited to even be there and see if I can like play for that long. I've never played for that long. Yeah. That many days in a row. Are yeah. you kidding me? So I. I just am excited again once to to just be there. Yeah, um. And if I, I'm, I'm selling up to 50%. So whoever wants to buy, you could buy in. If I win, you win. If I lose, you lose. No pressure. You do whatever you want. There's, yeah. If you want, it's, you could have someone to root for yeah. in the game. I'm actually going to buy some action off of like some of the other players too. So, yeah. it, so it feels like, You're supporting you know, a community. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's probably been the biggest win. Like the long-term win it has been the community. I'm yeah. like so... I can't tell you how happy I am and I hope this feeling lasts that like because with YouTube it's like it changed and sad but yeah it used to be much more vipers yeah everyone's like out right now it's like this cute pure innocent little like such a good community and even people I had just met at America's card room does this place called punter's pad where they um, host out of town poker players and they all stay in the same house and they're big pros and they all have names and stuff and um titles and i got introduced by my neighbors katie and chris and i helped do one of their little their shows for youtube and shouted them out on my instagram and all that stuff and they were so freaking supportive yeah when they found out i final table they were following my instagram stories they ran over and they were at the rails so cool and i had just met them two days before then the house party thing yeah Yeah, that was great so fucking nice like shout out to ebony and camille oh my gosh like that was just, the coolest thing too is seeing I mean because everyone who was at that poker house treated us exactly the same as after you final table yeah like it was there really was no, yeah. nobody was any different it was so sweet it was awesome yeah, so yeah. So. feel very lucky to be part of this ride because like I said it's one of the funniest things I've been part of yeah definitely Um, and yeah so proud of you kid as always thank you yeah, you're figure. my biggest 
win. You're my you're my <laughs> you're my poker bracelet. You're you're wish I could wear you on my wrist. You're always up to something. That's the best thing about my sitcom wife. You're always up to something. I can't wait to see what you're I was doing looking this time up next year. I was looking at baby grand pianos. I'm gonna be a pianist. I know. You probably will <laughs> a be a concert pianist. I can't wait for you to be in John Williams's fucking band. <laughs> <laughs> be sick i think these these types of things build build an enriching life They're, i do too just i think it makes life so more entertaining funny. yeah um anyway i love right. it thank you guys so much for listening yeah. and this for watching an extra long one yeah and uh yeah check us out on patreon patreon.com slash sticky s-t-i-k-k-i and uh yeah we do all kinds of stuff on there super fun stuff live streams i do my crypto corner show nikki is gonna probably start talking about poker on there pretty soon. Well, we've been playing poker tournaments every. We do. A, I do a free, like a free roll tournament. Oh, yeah. And top three play, top three, cash prizes. It's been fun. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, we'll see you on there. Yeah. And goodbye. Goodbye. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.